You're listening to the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. Enjoy the show. Hello, Joe. Hello, Matt. What's up? Not much. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Um, so we got to see the movie Megan, or uh, as it's pronounced, M3 Gain. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite movie since Seven Ben. <laughs> <laughs> so complicated to say. I don't know why the I don't know why the scientists made this. <laughs> um, yeah, so we got to see this, and uh, we got to see it fairly quickly from its release, right? Because this thing came out in January, and mm-hmm. a lot of stuff is just being you know, put on video, uh, on demand fairly quickly. Uh, this is kind of surprisingly quick. I, I didn't expect to see it on there, like kind of the month of, but either way, uh, I'm glad I saw it for those of you that don't know anything about this movie. I'll give you a quick uh, summary. Then we'll kind of talk about what we thought. So Megan is 2023 movie came out in uh, January this year It is directed by a guy named Gerard Johnston, who I'm, I don't really know who he is. I haven't like seen anything of his before. So the movie is about a young girl named Caddy, and she is... Uh, Katie. Is it Katie? That's how they yeah, said it? Yeah. They uh, say the whole movie is Katie. Katie. And Katie. then... Yeah. Yeah. I watched this like two weeks ago. Um, yeah. Okay, so the movie is about a young girl named Katie who is orphaned when her parents are killed in a car accident. Uh, she is sent to live with her aunt, Gemma. Gemma. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to, because I, I wanted to make fun of it how they pronounce like all their names. I'm like, you know, every teacher's gonna call her Caddy. It's Katie. Every teacher called her Gemma. It's Gemma. <laughs> it's Brian. <laughs> I was like, I had a joke about this, and you're doing it. You're doing it accidentally. It makes it so legit. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, well, she goes to live with her aunt Gemma. <laughs> Gima. Gima. Who builds M3 Gain? <laughs> Why are all the names so weird yeah. in this movie? What do you mean? You got Caddy and Gemma and Gain? <laughs> it's like these the only unique thing. Tip- these are biblical names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Tale as old as time. <laughs> anyway, so she goes to work. She goes to not work with. She goes to live with her aunt, and her aunt works at a. Room. <laughs> She's <laughs> having an internship with her aunt. All right, we're punchy on this one already. <laughs> anyway, so her aunt works at a robotics factory. She makes toys, uh, essentially, like these high-tech toys. And uh, the new thing that she's working on is like an android, essentially. She brings home the android, which is a name, Megan. And she uses this opportunity to kind of test this robot and to show people that it's actually worth uh, proceeding with because the people in the company aren't really so sure about this thing. And the robot and Katie bond together and the robot becomes overly protective of the things that are threatening Katie's life or what it thinks is a threat and the movie goes from there. This was pretty much, you know, what we saw in the trailer and I don't really think that there was anything in this movie that came out of left field or wasn't expected. Yeah, the the way I was thinking about this, I was deciding whether or not we should talk about it because before I saw it, it was like with new movies, we kind of determine when to put the spoiler warning in. And this can come pretty early because I, I compare it to like if you're online for a roller coaster and you see the whole roller coaster and you know everything that's going to happen, you know, um, you know, going and watching the movie or going on the roller coaster or like if you're uh, in a restaurant looking at a menu and they have a detailed description of the chocolate cake you know what you're getting 
you know? Yeah. Can't spo- oh, you spoiled it because uh, you wrote a description of the chocolate cake. You know, it's it's really more about the experience. So, I mean, I, I feel like pretty much up front, we can make our recommendations and then from here on out, just kind of talk about the movie because... Yes. Yeah. It uh, felt like a day. And could you believe that the whole time Mithrigan was Gemma? You know, it was... <laughs> <laughs> you know... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no Tyler Durden, so yeah. it, it is a movie that um, gives you exactly what you go there to see. So, um, and that's a good thing, you know. We don't always need to be, you know, thrown a curveball or you know taken for some like you know big twist ending all the time. Um, it's fine to walk into a movie, especially a horror movie, see what you see in the trailer, sit in there, get that, and walk away satisfied. And that's kind of how I felt about this movie. Um, it didn't blow me away. I didn't think it was anything like spectacular. The story was simple. Um, the only thing that really was unique about the movie, like the unique aspect about it was uh, the character of Megan and like how they did the effects and stuff like that. Uh, I was a little different and, and it did a good job with that. That was, that was, I thought like impressive stuff, but the story itself was basically what I thought it was going to be before I even saw the movie. And as I'm watching it, I'm like, yeah, this is probably going to happen next. I'm like, all right. But, but I was happy with that. Like that was a satisfying experience for me. Um, overall, I thought it was a good movie. I would definitely recommend it if you thought it looked okay in the trailer, then you're probably going to like it. If you didn't, because <laughs> you thought some of it was silly, whatever, maybe you should still give it a chance, because it's not actually as silly as um, it, it appears to be sometimes. I know they kind of put, like, this weird scene in the trailer where she's dancing, but that wasn't like the movie, you know? That was just essentially that one scene. Yeah, so I, I, I recommend it, and, uh, you know, you and I will talk a little bit more about it in detail, what we liked and didn't like. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was going to be just forgettable, you know? And then... Um, people started seeing it and it got some buzz. They were like, it's surprisingly entertaining and funny. And I was like, funny. Hmm. Okay. And I watched it and I have to say is like, it, had, it, it did have a lot of like just ridiculous moments, like in particular, uh, I'll talk about it in a second, but in particular, like some things that made me really laugh out loud. I would, I would definitely recommend watching it. It's not going to blow your mind. You know, I don't think it's a, uh, anything as groundbreaking as for example, child's play was, you know, sticks in people's memory as one of the evil doll type of movies, you know, and that's, it's a classic because it was done in such a way that was very, very well done. And so it's like a, a tale as old as time, you know, but this is, uh, this was worth watching. It was a lot of fun and I would recommend it. What are some of the things that you enjoyed about this particular movie? Yeah. So, I mean, like I, I, I watched it, I watched it twice because anytime I want to talk about a movie on here, I was trying to like watch it once to try to get the most authentic kind of reaction I have to it, you know, and, and, and each of those type of situations is different. Maybe it'll be in the theater. Maybe it'll be with one person or by myself, you know, and I feel like that changes the experience of the movie, but yes. I like every single one of those. Um, I watched this one with my wife, Katie, we both like at, at one point we had to like pause and do something with the dog and we kind of both were enjoying it and we could totally see where it was going. But we were like, uh, we were in for the ride, you know? So what, what I liked about it was I, I just didn't take it seriously at all, the whole movie. <laughs> you know, like, it was just, it wasn't scary. Um, but I, I do like that they they threw in a little bit of everything, you know, as far as, like, psychological stuff, jump scare stuff, kind of like, you know, slasher stuff. You could say, like, a supernatural thing when... Uh, she smashes the water glass on her head and then for like a couple of scenes she's kind of like moving like those japanese horror movies like the girl from the ring yeah with yeah. the like everything I, that was probably my favorite scene in the movie because i was just like the, the way that they were able to work that in in a way that was like organic to the story but just like they really hit on all of these kind of like horror tropes i loved that 
Yeah. Um, but I think the funniest scene in the movie is when she's they go to the camp and they put her like they put Megan on the, <laughs> the chair with all the other toys and the, the resting bitch face she has. She is so pissed. <laughs> yeah. I just as they slowly zoom in and she's like, "Fuck." this shit <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I yeah it's funny I, I thought that that scene was really funny too and mostly because like all those other toys are like gigantic compared like <laughs> it makes her look so small I'm like wait a minute isn't she like four feet tall how big are these teddy bears she's with yeah <laughs> <laughs> that scene was just so stupid but funny like yeah. there were a lot of things like that where if you were trying to take this movie seriously, that would be like, oh, she's just sitting there. Oh, no, she's mad. She's going to do something bad. But like to see the humor in that is really what took it to the next level for me. And, you know, on the second watch, I, I definitely picked up on a lot of the themes and stuff that they were they were shooting for. I also picked up on a lot of the sloppy script writing, which I want to kind of talk about and a uh, little effect souls. But yeah, all in all, it's a fun movie. I thought that the most like impressive part, like I said before, was the actual um the character of Megan itself. And I was curious, like how they did it. Cause obviously, um, a lot of those scenes, you could tell it's just com- a complete animatronic, uh, animatronic doll, you know, like mm-hmm. especially the way its face is moving for a lot of the close-ups and stuff like that. And that's what it was, you know, a lot of puppeteering and a lot of like, uh, robotics, but then they did have a young girl, like a little girl play her in certain parts. Um, when the character had to move differently or, you know, like do certain things. There was this girl, her name was uh, Amy Donald, just a young kid, and she went up doing some of the uh, the practical stuff for Megan. Okay. And what they did was they they kind of she did like her own stunts. Like I think she's a dancer. They had like a like stunt coordinators and stuff work with her to do certain things, and um, they and then they also went ahead and they kind of like enhance some of those like movements with like CGI or like film mm. effects to kind of make it look like it's a robot. That stuff impressed me because while I was watching it, I'm like, I really couldn't figure out exactly how they did it. Yeah, it was, it was seamless. And, and, and yeah, and that like, I like, cause it didn't take me out of the movie, you know? And, um, and, and you kind of run the risk with that because you already know, like, you know, most people watching it know like, all right, well, this is obviously like, you know, done with some kind of special effect. You figure like CGI, but it, it's too real looking. You know, like, you, you know that there's something on the camera. So then you're like, all right, and you just kind of, like, get into it. One of the guys, one of the stunt coordinators on this was uh, Jed Brofrey, and he was in the Hobbit movies. He was uh, Nori. Like, I didn't really have a lot to say, but he was in that movie. And uh, <laughs> But Weta Workshop worked on the special effects for this, and I guess that's kind of why it was so good. Because Yeah, like, whenever I find out Weta did something, I'm like, yeah, that's probably yeah, that makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah, because it. it was great. <laughs> they must have done some kind of, like, because you could see some people when they do the dance, the robot where they can just, like, pop and lock so, like, clean, where you're like, how the hell do they do that? It looks unnatural. Right. But this was, like, to the next level. When, like, she would sit and sit still, it was like, they must have either, like, did a partial CGI freeze frame to make her look like an inanimate object, or, like, kind of, like, cycled it out with a, you know, a prop. But it was just so well. And she was supposed to be still. She was, like so still never breathing nothing it was just so well done yeah uh there was a scene which is really interesting and she was pulling the dog out through the hole in the fence and you just see her face kind of like jump scared coming over the hole yeah there's no cgi or anything or mask on it's just the girl the actress you can actually see like her regular human eyes and everything yeah so i was like okay and then the other one was after she does the weird snake dance thing, whatever, in the hallway, b- before she goes after David, um, she kind of walks down the hallway and she does that kind of front flip. Um, I'm pretty sure it's a male 
uh, stunt person doing that move because I'm pretty sure I saw a nutsack. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. So maybe, that, maybe. that was my only, my only criticisms about the yeah. holes in the special effects. So I wonder if the first one was literally just like a, cause it's like five frames to see her face in there. So I wonder if that was just snuck in just to get, give credit to the actress that was like behind the mask. And then, um, they tried to cod piece or whatever, but I don't know. <laughs> they had a bottom part of a male doll. And that's just what they used. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. all they had left over. It was like yeah. Chucky's bottom. I, like I said, I, I had very little complaint about in terms of the actual character and the effects and stuff like that. Um, I don't really remember there were a lot of moments taking me out of it. And honestly, like if you didn't get that right, the movie would have been like kind of crappy. And yeah. uh, being that they got it pretty much perfect, um, it, it made the movie a lot better. I mean... Had the movie had maybe like a more compelling story or something like interesting about the story, or maybe they they just like develop their own like ideas better, then it would have been like maybe something like up there more, you know. But this is what we got, so I mean, you know, I I, I was happy with it either way. Um, like I said, that was like the key thing to get right, and they they got it right. So I don't have like major complaints about the movie. I don't have a lot to say about it either. I think that's kind of the thing. And, and that was just the thing about the movie. It was just, it was like kind of A to B, an expected story. And, you know, besides the actual character, there wasn't anything that like I kind of thought about afterwards. And I know there were some themes in there about like connecting to people and like technology and stuff. Like obviously those like the main themes of the movie, but like, I don't think they were really done like that well where it like made me feel anything, you know? Um, I was just aware that that's what they were talking about. So, um, yeah. Did you like get anything else out of it besides? The- yeah, I mean, so I feel like one of the um, one of the biggest ways that you can kind of digest one of the themes if you if you replace the story and just imagine that Megan is literally an iPad, right? Um, and just how you know the the different styles of parenting where you know her parents before they die. Um, are talking about limiting screen time and, and this and that being very anti-technology versus Gemma. Gemma is like, she's like, what about my screen time? She's like, I don't care. Do whatever you want. Right. You know, and, and how by the third act, when they take away the iPad, how she's literally like a crackhead going through withdrawals. Or yeah. Like yeah. Freaking out. You know, so I, I do think that there's something to be said there. We don't know what, you know, kids who grow up with technology their whole lives, what type of people they're going to evolve into. You know, it's like, hey, no, it's going to be they're amazing people because they've had this supportive technology to expand the way they think, or are they going to be crippled by social anxieties because of it limits their actual social interactions and things like that. Right. You know, so... Yeah. And and, and I understand that, you know, part of it, and, I th- and like, that's kind of what I was saying before. If if the themes that were in here were done a little bit better, then maybe it would have like stood out to me more. And taking what you just said, like I, I, I get that, you know, and I saw that in the movie, but like what really like mattered in that case? Because like, yeah, like she had this like freak out about technology and it does say a lot about like kids connection to it. And the question could be posed, what's it going to do to them long-term? What's the effect of this? But it wasn't like the girl was controlling the robot where she was making decisions. Like that would have maybe made more sense. Like, Oh, this is how addictive kids get to this kind of technology, and this is what it makes them do. But instead, it was just a robot who just was like, whose AI took protecting this girl super serious, you know, and just eliminated anything that was a threat. Kind of, I guess. Like, I don't even really know. Like, I don't even know if she was, like, programmed to just take out any threat to this girl because she bonded to her, or if there was, like, some kind of haunting in the doll. Because, like, 
it never was clear, like, why Megan was a fucking psycho. I mean, I don't, I don't want to say this is one of the script holes. There were a couple of things, like, that kind of played off into nothing. Like, when David's helper guy, Kurt, copies Megan's files, you're like, okay, you know, this is a thread. And that's tied off by her saying, like, oh, this is why you killed him and killed yourself. But, like, who cares? Like, she could have just murdered them both. So it was, like, yeah. un- unnecessary, you know, maybe just to show she's diabolical kind of thing. Um, I'm pretty sure, like the, the like the world's leading like tech company and like toys has cameras in the fucking hallway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. so I mean, there's lots of that. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Is and then going into this is like as far as the script writing. Why did they build her like a fucking you know Terminator, <laughs> this unstoppable killing machine, <laughs> you know? And so I thought that was like it's supposed to be like to make her a threat to so that they cared more about making her an actual killing threat than making her out of plastic that was easily breakable kind of thing. Right. You know, I, I felt like there was a lot of that intended just for, it didn't need to have rational explanation. So, yeah, I mean, although there are themes and there is, like, messages to the movie, it's ultimately a superficial movie. Right. And it, I, I thought at one point, the reason why she was going to become so crazy, there's going to be one of those scenes, like, from uh, the movie Toy Soldiers. They're going to be like, oh, my God, you use military technology in her chip or something like that. But it was like, <laughs> no. Right. no, it was just the idea, the existential threat that you even see in the Will Smith movie, I, Robot which is the evolution of, like, Isaac Asimov's Three Laws of Robotics. So in iRobot, the main thing I think was called Alice, the main AI, is like, oh, I've evolved my understanding of the laws, is that human beings uh, are self-destructive. So in order to prevent you from coming to harm, I have to control you. And that's how it becomes this, like, evil overlord. So it's like, it can go as in-depth as an explanation, is that it's just because of her programming, and one of the themes of like the whole corporate thing, like rushing everything to market. I mean, each of the three acts is framed in a commercial. Like it opens with a commercial. The second act starts with a Megan commercial. And then the third act is the whole presentation commercial. It's yes. going to be like, right. you know, like there's a whole bunch of that, like corporate stuff. Like it is what it is. We could, you could talk about that, but it's just like, yeah, corporations suck. They're greedy. You know, it's not really a whole lot there. Yeah. So basically with, because of all the corporate greed, you know, the programming was rushed out. I mean, she wasn't programmed in any type of way with fail-safes to be interacting with a kid. Character development of Gemma is that she's always rushing things for the quick solution, once again, tying into the theme of the quick solution being technology. She she doesn't want to parent the kid, so she gives it Megan. She doesn't she doesn't want to work on the a cheaper version of the doll, so she uh, of the stupid pets doll so she introduces megan and rushes everything it's all about rushing the quick solution and how it comes to bite you in the ass and i think that her lazy programming of something that was so like giving something the ability to learn without giving it decent parameters is how megan eventually that it came to be evil based upon all of these things where it was like very self-serving because of its learning process where by the end of it, Katie's not even in charge of it anymore. She's taking control of herself, you know, is that she's like, that shit won't work anymore kind of thing. I agree with what you're saying in terms of, like, why was she built to be this strong? Why would she ever be, like, a killing machine, you know? Yeah. And, and, and again, like, you're, you're, you know, you're explaining, like, your, like, you know, your thoughts of, like, why that was. Gemma's just kind of lazy with it, um, and that's her personality, and that's kind of how she operates, and which I get, you know, that's in the movie, but 
that almost feels like lazy writing almost like I, I, you know, it's a pretty simple explanation for it all like that. We have to figure out, you know what I mean? Because, you know, it's not really told to us like specifically, but it doesn't really make sense that like that's, you know, because the bottom no, line it is it doesn't make sense. Right, yeah, she's it, built it, out of titanium and she has a <laughs> HUD that can determine your like emotional responses right, right. and like your temperature. She's like a chilling. She's literally, it looks like you're seeing through the Terminators. <laughs> right. I mean, she, why would you give the strength to a, like a support doll or rip a fuck ear off a person you know and like push them like down a hill full force it doesn't really make a lot of sense what i was saying before is like you could have made it a little bit better if certain ideas were developed all right maybe megan shouldn't have been like a killing machine that was super strong it would have been maybe like more creative to see her do things with being a weak doll you know like more intimidation factors and like learning from like you know movies or like people's behavior in front of her and like mimicking that and not having to actually be physically strong or like rip something off a wall and like kill somebody with it because like why the fuck would a doll ever do that you know like why would they program them to do that yeah you know and and Gemma being kind of cold could have played into that in some aspect i'm just saying like there was a lot of plot holes um if you really thought about it you know past like the the vapidness of it all and you know had they kind of fixed those plot holes i think it would have been a uh, it would have changed it from like a good movie to like a great movie yeah i agree you know so overall it's like you watch the movie just have fun don't think too much about it you're gonna enjoy it yeah it's great yeah and and maybe if but it's just only upon like deeper analysis it's like oh and it had some themes but as soon as you start talking about things it starts to kind of like yeah. house of cards fall apart that's all like and but the movie's not meant to be that it's it's not trying to build the megan verse you know <laughs> You know, it's, right. it's just like, hey, you well, know, here's what happened. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> they did greenlight a second one already. So Megan 2.0 is going to be coming out in 2024. It's like, you know what? It's like fast food. Just get it, eat it, enjoy yeah. it in the, in the moment. And don't fucking think about it again. You know, just don't don't think about what you ate, what you put in your body. Like, it's just best to move on. <laughs> like, she, like, power washes the, the one neighbor to death, you know, in, in the back shed. Yeah. And the next morning... Like, the cops are somehow investigating it? Like, what? What are the cops? Like, does the police officers regularly check people's sheds to see if they've been power washed to death? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember why they were there for that. And like, and, and No, like, that, and, there's no explanation. It's just like, no one, it's like, uh, no one would have, like, they wouldn't have discovered her body that quickly. No, and, and also, like, at the, the cops, like, oh, while I'm here, let me question you about this kid that was killed. It's like, why would that even be a thing right now? Because yeah. Megan, like in that, like a scene or so before that, that's when they're in the, you were mentioning when she was with all the dolls, but that's when yeah. they're in the woods at some like retreat and Megan's, uh, well, Katie's bullied by some kid and then Megan goes after him. And, uh, you know, the, the thing that's funny about that is they had to make the kid like a fucking psychopath who's going to grow up and yeah. kill somebody. Otherwise, you, <laughs> you, cause you, cause you can't like have a kid get killed in a movie because Megan winds up killing him. She rips his ear off, like I said before, and she pushes him down a hill and gets hit by a car. It's just because he bullied Katie, right? Well, which which makes sense. The robot would do that to protect her. But, like, what doesn't make sense is, like, this kid's a psych- like the psychopath. And, like, you have to do that when you kill a kid because you're like, like, I'm glad that kid's honey, fucking dead. are you warm enough? Do you need a hat? <laughs> Fuck you, Karen. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, all right. Like, do you really need to, like, show us that kid is like that so we all hope the kid dies? I'm like, most kids act like that. So what are you saying? The whole thing about like when the head explodes because he doesn't put the filter thing back in. He's like, I, I, no, I've forgotten. And the head explodes. I, was like, I oh, thought okay, that so. was going to be like the callback moment. Like that's exactly. how she's. Exactly. Like, oh, and I, I, I turn to Katie. I'm like, and now we know how she dies in the end. But then they did another setup when she's like, oh, let me show you how Bruce works. And that's his brain, you know? 
so they did two setups for that but the first one was like what the hell was what, like why did they like why i'm wondering if like it was just like an alternate ending they had to take like and maybe a test audience saw it didn't like it too predictable and then they changed it they maybe they wanted more of a fight and not her head to just explode and that's it you know yeah i i, I guess and then, was, and then it was like katie was asking me she was like but why did megan kill david and on the second watch through i was like you know i'm gonna see if David does anything to desert like that would piss Megan off enough. And he just says like a couple offhanded comments, like, like, what is this? And like, Oh, it's cyborg puppet show and stick it in a dark closet. Like, right. It wasn't like he was going to stop the project. He was all about mass producing. No, if anything, she was, he was going to help her get out in the world. Yeah, I, I feel like that makes no sense. It was just like, they were like, let's up the body count. Exactly. I'd be curious if some of those things were done, like, just in, like, a test audience or test screening where they're like, not enough people died to kill these people off. And, and they're like, well, it doesn't really make sense to kill this person off. And they just had to do it. And you know that happens all the time in movies. So yeah. this is, you know what? i tell you what. It, I, I would be more interested in watching something about this movie, like a documentary, than a second watch. Uh, yeah, that, I agree. Yeah, that's how I feel about it right now. So um, because I bet you the original script or some iteration of it was tight, and it like possibly yeah. yeah, you know, like set up, pay off, set up, pay off, tie off these strings. But it just seems like there were a lot of loose ends that yeah, just needed. It was not a polished script, you know. It it just definitely seems like there were reshoots or they were you know that along the filming process that things had to be added in and that made it a little bit clunky to me and yeah that's, and i'll stop picking it apart but that's that's my overall no no point. i i mean we mentioned more than more than not that we enjoyed it you know but like you just to, to i guess like having a discussion about this movie that's kind of the thing that is coming up a lot you know it's just like well what's up with the plot holes why couldn't have been better like what happened here you know and i think that that's sort of what most people are going to probably talk about when they talk about this movie or otherwise we're the only unique ones and that's great yeah, I, I don't think there's really anything to talk about besides no. that. Like, if you just wanted to talk about a positive aspect, you could ooh and ah over how sick Megan was and how funny she was. Like, pretty yeah. much, so much of her delivery in the voice was hilarious. Something as simple as when she was like, "Katie, don't forget to flush the toilet," and then the second time she's like, "Katie, seriously, flush the toilet." <laughs> <laughs> like, shit like that was yeah. just like a, a bunch of different things. Like when she's like, "Oh." No, uh, the the Brandons picked up Katie off of the toy bench, and, and she's like, "Megan, is that what happened?" She's like, "In a nutshell, you know." <laughs> like, yeah, just yeah. every line she delivers, it's so it's really funny. Like she's a very compelling, charismatic, interesting, evil little character. One of the things I thought about when I was watching this movie is, you know, there are just certain like horror characters you can't really do anymore without someone going to like the archetype right so like when you think about like like a slasher movie where kids are like killed in the woods like you can't help but think of jason and if you make a movie that's like that everybody's going to just compare it to jason right like oh he's different than jason he doesn't look the same as it he's not as good as him like so when you watch something like this you're like all right you just think chucky right like so like that's the killer doll that we've all had like for decades it's currently like this the tv show it's doing very well they like kind of made that perfect right like so now you're going to do that again you know that the comparisons are going to be there obviously and it's like well what could you bring different then if you're going to kind of you know recreate a type of horror character that's already like pretty much perfect and and everybody knows about it how do you come to the table with something that's going to like not really compete with it but like stand out as well you know like you want your character to stand out and i think that they actually did accomplish that because the things that you were saying i I, yeah when i watched a movie like this i'm like 
you know, looking at these plot holes and my only reasoning was the same reason that you had like, oh, they need a body count. Oh, they need to just have this scene in there. They need to have like, you know, a beat here, a beat there, you know, some kind of action part. And I'm like, yeah, well, like, you know, they do that to like, you know, appease a group of people, but like, you're not taking into account that like, you know, people are more intelligent and enjoy an intelligent story. So I don't think that like dumbing things down or like keeping to a formula is always necessary with these kind of movies. I didn't need to have like more people die in the movie to enjoy it. Sometimes like you kill like one or two characters off in a creative way. It's more haunting, you know? Um, so you know, had Megan just like, if Megan's only kill was like that boy in the woods, but it was like a big moment, you know, and like maybe it happened or is it going to happen again at the end? That would have been like pretty impactful. I thought, you know, um, it's still entertaining. Uh, I would have liked to have seen it be better, but you know, I'm happy with it either way. Like if, if you've seen the trailer and you think you might want to watch it, you're going to like it. And I, as much as we focused on the negatives, it's because all the positives are right there on the surface. It's fucking chocolate cake. Yep. And then I feel like we're just sitting here like asshole critics and being like, but the, but the texture of the second layer was, <laughs> was, 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 was lighter than the third. And, and then they really separated out the uh, component aspect of the mouthfeel, you know. And what I, I character is this, by the way? That... <laughs> I don't That was pretty good, though. I don't know. I just came just in like... and, like, he really knows a lot about chocolate cake. Holy shit. Like, you know it's obviously a recommendation from the two of us uh like i said and matt said you know if you saw the trailer look good to you you're gonna enjoy it if you saw the trailer looked a little bit it looked kind of silly i would still watch it you know um there's nothing wrong with silly and uh it's 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 a little bit better than the trailer i think if you saw the trailer you're like i want to do with it then obviously like you're probably not even listening to this podcast but um Either way, it's available on uh, on demand. I think right now it's probably like twenty buck rent uh, rental. It'll, it'll drop down in the next couple of weeks, most likely to the normal like five four dollars, whatever it is. But uh, that's how you could watch it now. Um, you probably can wait. That's that. And uh, thank you guys for listening. We hope you enjoyed. And uh, we'll be back next uh, week with a new episode. Matt, always a pleasure. I'm excited about uh, our next episode together. Is going to be with the three of us, uh, Justin as well. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. We had a great time in the last one, and I and I think people like that a lot. And that's pretty much it. So uh, we'll see you guys next week. All right, fucking good night. Good night. Hey, guys, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple iTunes. Also, you can follow us on social media. We have Twitter, and that's at Sexy Vamp Teeth. We also have Instagram at the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. So if you guys want updates on the show, please follow us on our social media sites, and make sure to tune in every Monday night for a new episode. Thanks for listening, guys, and good night. You've been listening to the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. 